To hear the full episode, become a patron at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod. Now, this essay in many ways is about what happened when COVID-19 intersected with existing forces of organized abandonment that characterize the landscape of fashion labor. And it's also a call to readers to think of fashion production as part of the carceral continuum and the conditions of garment production as an issue of global public health. You know, what we sort of saw is that some of the ways that these labor relationships were set up between manufacturing and design, where you kind of have the European or American brand that contracts out its labor to factories, you know, for piecework all over the place, where maybe, you know, you're going to have, let's say, for example, like Tommy Hilfiger will probably have like, you know, dozen factories, depending on sort of what garment type is being produced, they'll have all these different contracts, but that a lot of the contracts with these factories, they have clauses that are built into them that are incredibly favorable to the designer that really put the factory on the hook for pretty much all of the financial risk. And then then there's this, you know, beyond that, the sort of fact of COVID-19 immediately sort of slowing down uh, retail consumption. And brands responded to that by exercising these very favorable clauses in their contracts and who's really paying at the end of the day um, as this is sort of going down in early 2020 are the workers themselves, many of whom were basically then without pay, without sick coverage. And the response is kind of like a, a, a social media response that that starts to bubble up. But before we get into that, could you talk a little bit about sort of what these uh, relationships are, for example, between brands and factories, and then how that played out for workers when COVID hit. Yeah, no, your summary is exactly right. One of the frustrating things about the way in which the media coverage, the, the ways in which the media coverage kind of painted what was going on for garment workers, right? So what we learned very early on um, in like March and April 2020 is that Western brands had canceled, and that was the language that was being used. They had canceled all of these orders, right? Mm-hmm. Now, in fact, what they did was they canceled orders, many of which had already been produced or were in production, mm-hmm. right? So they were canceling orders that factories had already paid for, right? Because what happens is the the customer, the you know, the designers, the brands don't have to pay. And this is again, this is part of their contract. They're not expected to pay for their orders until after they receive their orders. And sometimes, you know, three months, three, four months after, Mm -hmm. right? Whatever their contract states. (laughs) So they don't have to actually pay for anything. So the materials, the labor, et cetera, are fronted by factories and by local governments, right? And so to say that they canceled is to say, basically what happened was a better word than canceled is that they stiffed these workers. They stiffed these factories, Right. Um, and this is this is, was within their legal right, right? Mm-hmm. And this is this is something that I didn't see being covered very well. The, the kind of individual call out of particular brands to me really missed the point. The brands yeah. weren't doing anything illegal, and that's chilling, right? Or it should be chilling to us. They were exercising a contractual right to refuse to pay for orders. Right. And many of these contracts state that they can refuse the order at any part of the production and post-production moment. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what they were doing was completely legal within the contracts. They there's a whole bunch of other clauses that state things like, you know, that they have they have the absolute 
um, entitlement to cancel whenever they want. There's something called force majeure, a force majeure clause, which states that um, they can cancel if there are conditions out of their control that that make it difficult or impossible for them to take the orders. But the problem with the force majeure um, clause in these contracts is that they're so vague that they could mean almost anything. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and now the orders that they were canceling had been, you know, we can imagine that they had been ordered. They The orders were placed months before COVID, right? Before, before you know, the world really started to recognize that COVID was a problem, right? And so these orders had, you know, while they were blaming COVID, um, these orders had been placed way before that. To not kind of focus on the ways that that the contracts, that the standard contracts between suppliers and buyers, um, typically Global South suppliers and Global North buyers, to not look at the kind of other structural forces, which is to say the international trade, finance, and corporate policies, right, that organize global trade, um, that organize global fashion, to me was a real mistake, right? And so calling out specific brands, getting social media users um, and consumers to boycott specific brands really missed the point. And also, you know, and I say this in in that in this article, that it really individualizes what is a systemic problem. Mm-hmm. And doing that, we we misdiagnose the problem, but we also tacitly were suggesting that the global supply chain, the globe that global fashion is somehow basically okay, except for <laughs> these, you know, few exceptional bad actors. Right. Right. To hear the full episode, become a patron at patreon.com slash death panel pod. You'll get access to this and the rest of our catalog of patron-only episodes, and be the first to get a new patron episode every Monday when it drops. With love, the Death Panel.